Hello, and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. I'm LaTanya Hendry, and I'm still coming down off that serious high from Sunday's episode with First Sunday Conversations, where my guest was Kimberly Ann Bell, as she shared her story of overcoming and acceptance. And she also gave us information about her book, The Epitome of Kimmy, Accept and Embrace It All. It was such an enlightening conversation and eye-opening to hear the stories of women that overcame obstacles that usually is meant to take us out. But through the strength of God, she has been able to persevere and move forward on with the things she's doing in her life. So the book is The Epitome of Kimmy, Accept and Embrace It All, and you can find it on Amazon. Today... We're going to have an interesting conversation with a a woman that's truly inspiring and and topping her field as a transformational food, eating, and body image coach. She combines her life experience and education to guide women out of shame, guilt, and regret and into their truth and power so they can end emotional eating and get off the dieting misery go round forever. And that's a, a cute little play on words, misery go round. It's a, like a merry-go-round because when we're repetitive eating and, and doing unhealthy things for food with food and using them for the wrong purpose, it is like a merry-go-round. You keep going round and round in that same repetitive circle. So our topic today is blessings and bruises and gifts and grief. So when we come back from the break, I'll be talking to Jen Bridwell Oppenheim, and we're just going to have a conversation about some things today, and food is going to come up in that topic. So be sure to come back. Well, hello there. Hello. And how are you today? I am very well, thanks. I'm so excited to talk with you. I'm excited to talk to you. I've found some interesting researching, but we're going to just get into the conversation. All so right. do you prefer to be called Jennifer or Jen? Jen. Jen, Jen or Jennifer. I'm just not a Jenny. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Okay, so we'll we'll go with Jen. That sounds more laid back. So Jen and Tanya are going to have a conversation. All right. So could you tell us a little about yourself and your background? Well, I am. I have been for the last four years um, a transformational food eating and body image coach. Um, Prior to that, um, I'm now 55. So. Prior to that, uh, my career has mostly been in the animal care, dog care, mostly field. I had a dog training business and still actually have a dog training business um, for many, many years and was also a dog groomer and veterinary technician and things like that for many years, all um, in retrospect um, occupations that gave me the opportunity to hide from people quite a bit and, um, you know, just deal with animals. Um, and I found that, you know, my, my background really contributed to, to really wanting to hide myself, hide my body and all of that, hide from my, my own truth, my own past for a long time. Wow. That's a great revelation. 
yes. know, you'd be surprised about how many people that get occupations that they can be either alone or with animals. Yeah. And it causes them a safe place to hide. That's 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 intriguing. Um being a trans- transformational coach in the areas of food, eating, and body image. So that's kind of the total package. How do you mentor how they come to you and how you want them to leave? Like, what's the process? So, I mean, it really is, I mean, coaching, as um, I'm sure that you are also familiar, is really a collaborative process. And it really, you know, we're, we're coaching is different from I am a certified personal trainer, and I have weight loss, um, nutrition and sports nutrition and all these kind of certifications. But the truth of the matter is, for people like myself, I lived in a an extremely um, disordered eating many I was diagnosed with every diagnosable eating disorder at some point in my life. Um, and living in, in that kind of state, um, a diet is not going to help you. A fitness plan is not going to help you. And so really I come at it from a, I am you standpoint, because I am, you know, if you're an emotional eater, I feel you sister, because I am you, I know how that is. I know how it is, whether it's food or drugs or alcohol or shopping or sex or all of the many things that people do to avoid, hide or numb um, emotion connected with either current events or past events. So that really my my superpower is um, helping people really make peace with accepting whatever has happened in their lifetimes up to this point, um, whether it's something that's happened to them or mistakes that they themselves have have made, um, and then taking real radical responsibility for what happens next. Hmm. That's seems like each podcast I do, the guest, even though I don't believe any of y'all know one another, but it's been a connection at first it went from mind and then body and then mind and body and then it yeah. evolved into eating and emotional eating and my guest on Sunday talked about um acceptance yeah with the acceptance so it's, it's cool how it just kind of meshes together to make sense because one and one have to always equal two so I love divine though, timing oh it's the best thing ever yeah. Yeah, so even in getting information, it has to connect and make sense. You can't jump from one podcast and then do something else totally irrelevant and different. So it's cool how everything is connecting. Awesome. So it sounds like your coaching is directly connected to your personal story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I came from... Uh, really, I, you know, I always say I do a lot of um, clubhouse, I contribute a lot and try to provide a lot of value on clubhouse in different rooms that empower and support women um, who are either coming out of, you know, really, you know, shame is such a big thing. Um, but coming out of, you know, just reinventing themselves in whatever way. And 
my own story, you know, I say my first, you know, like 27 years is a giant trigger warning, you know, it's like, you know, as dysfunctional as it could possibly be. And really, the sufferer, um, I refuse to use um, the word victim associated with myself ever again. Um, But really, the sufferer of every imaginable abuse and assault and trauma as a child um, until, like I said, until about my mid-20s. And for my own personal, um, the way that I self-soothed was with food or controlling food, both sides of the same coin. Um, And I, I did have, I dealt with anorexia and bulimia at a couple of different times in my life. But for the most part, I was a binge eater, compulsive eater, emotional eater. And I ended up um, morbidly obese, close to 350 pounds for over 20 years. Mm. So it really, you know, I I did end up in 2013, I had done quite a lot of um, spiritual and which I, I think spiritual is the most important part of my recovery framework. And I say now that I live in active recovery because it is an active daily process forever. And it, you know, there's no destination here. It is a journey. Um, I've been treated for PTSD and eating disorders and things in my life, but recovery is a different thing. And spirituality for me provides a framework for that. And I had been doing a lot of spiritual and mental and emotional work. And in 2013, um, I just, um, I, I, I had been having some conversations with a friend about, you know, just trying to, to take better care of our health and things like that. And like so many women who have struggled with food and eating and body image, I had been on every diet known to mankind. I lost over a hundred pounds, three times in my life. And not many people can say that. Um, And the first two times was in a very unhealthy way. It was never, it was always weight loss was my goal. Weight, you know, if I lost weight or if I was a certain weight or less weight or a smaller size, I would be more worthy, more acceptable. I really defined my worth by what my appearance was. And it was never going to be good enough from 86 pounds to 350 pounds. There was no number on the scale that made me happy. And so the last time in 2013, I just really, like I say, I'd been doing all the other work and I really just made the conscious decision that I was not going to weigh myself. It was not going to be about weight. It was just going to be another piece of taking care of myself in all ways, because I was worthy of taking care of myself in all ways, just as I was at 350 pounds, it wasn't going to happen when I was 150 pounds, it happened, you know, had to happen now. Um, And then the other thing I think that really helped a lot um, is I, um, I'm not Catholic, but for probably, oh, I don't know, probably 25 years or so, Um, I have given up something for Lent. And this particular year, I gave up 2013, I gave up um, soda and um, high fructose corn syrup, anything that had high fructose corn syrup in it for Lent. And I really think that that jump started my ability to really control 
my sugar cravings and trigger foods and things like that. And I was already in such a, a better place emotionally and spiritually that when things started happening, I had strategies to, to deal with the triggers without, you know, falling off the rails. Wow. You brought up something that really is very interesting because if you, we look at when we try to change and do transformations as far as eating, we want to just go cold turkey mm-hmm. or we want to put it out. Mm-hmm. But to give something, make a commitment to give up sodas, mm-hmm. made a difference to give up syrups, to give up something to spur you on, to get you going. And then you start feeling good about yourself and you can tackle something else. So I think that is a great revelation and a great point to bring out that you did that and how you felt after you did that, you, you, your body felt differently. So I think that's an approach that we can take when we're trying to eat different, because I'm, like I said, each podcast I learned because I'm dealing and I'm doing much better, but food was a comfort for me. It was a hiding place. Um, it was my comfort place. So I'm getting away from that and finding different things to eat, foods, um, accepting myself for who I am and appreciating the body that I have and not depending on food to hide or to when things get me upset to go get something sweet to eat and just binge eat. So I'm breaking that pattern, but now I'm learning something different. I don't have to just try to just stop everything. I could just remove one because I still drink sodas, ginger ale, but it's still soda. If I could just cut that out and eliminate that, I could see even a bigger change. So I appreciate you giving that tip. Of course, of course. And a lot of times what I do with with the ladies that I work with, because they're in such a uh, mindset place about, um, you know, having a lot of guilt and shame around what they eat and what they drink and what they, you know, all of that stuff is I really, um, I really um, suggest that people at the very beginning do exactly what you said and don't try to, I was actually, I have my groups um, on um, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. And I was just talking to them last night about you really, I mean, think about our lives. Like we're on like the biggest um, aircraft carrier or, you know, freight, you know, ship that you can imagine, you're not going to turn that sucker around on a dime. You know, it's, it, you can nudge it around without causing havoc. And I actually usually suggest to my ladies that they start adding in um, healthy things. And as far as their, their restriction, that they really do it in a very moderate way. You know, it's like really like, you know, take half the bread off the hamburger or only eat half the fries or stuff like that, that they really are not over restricting. So they stay out of that um, good, bad, guilt, shame kind of food mindset. Yes, totally awesome. And also in listening to you, we need to think because because people think that we could buy food out of the store that you can't get addicted to it. You could totally have a food addiction of a serious life threatening food addiction For sure. that could put so much weight on you until you start having health problems. You still start having heart problems, 
fluid accumulation, just the variant of things that can happen because we don't look at food as something we can get addicted to. We don't look at sodas as something we can get addicted to because it's, it's sold in the store, it's sold in convenience stores. We can get a soda anywhere. But when you start drinking a liter of soda at a time, oh. and, and not even that, to go to that gamut, if you drink four cans a day, three cans a day, if you binge drink back to back, that's that's an addiction. But we don't look yeah. at it like that because you can't get arrested for it. As you can't go into, you can, but people don't go into treatment for food addictions. But it's something we need to look at and, and process differently, starting with the mind and then transforming throughout the body. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Agreed. Awesome. So let's talk about blessings in bruises yeah. and in grief. Yes, ma'am. What exactly does that mean? That yes. is intriguing me. I saw that. I was like, we, we gotta talk about this. <laughs> this is one to. of my this is one of my most favorite topics ever. I love this topic. Um so my husband has a little nickname for me, and that is Pollyanna Sunshine because I, yeah, it is cute. I can milk the goodness out of any situation, no matter how bad I can find some thing, some lesson, some blessing, some opportunity, some something in everything. And that is actually, I help my people find those two. The truth of the matter is, and this is really hard for us as people because we feel like everything happens to us. Everything happens to us. Why does this always happen to me? I, you know, this thing happened, that thing happened, the other thing happened to me. And the truth of the matter is nothing is happening to you. Things are just happening. And you get to choose, you get to choose how you are in a relationship with whatever happens. Now, I'm not saying that a bunch of the things that happen don't suck because they do. You know, there are things that, you know, there things are painful. Um, I was... Um, I recently, um, I am a completely open book. I have no shame left in my body whatsoever. Um, and whatever pops up, because of course it's like whack-a-mole, you know, it's like, it's hiding back there, you know, so it, it'll pop up every once in a while and I gotta whack at it. Um, but the, I was, you know, I had my last little shred of shame that I was really hiding from the world that only two people knew this thing, this secret thing that I was hiding. And y'all, I'm not kidding. The, that whole truth will set you free thing is a real thing. Um, but I was doing one of my retreats in June and I happened to be in Florida, which I still am in Florida. I've been in Florida. I live in Connecticut, but I've been in Florida since June 2nd because my 82-year-old mother fell off a ladder and broke her leg. And oh. yes, so I've been helping her um, here get, you know, literally back on her feet and, and back together um, since June 2nd. And I got home, I got here June 2nd, she brought her home from rehab June 3rd. And my brother passed away June 10th on the fourth day of my retreat. 
And the reason I bring this up is because my brother was the source of a great deal of my childhood trauma, a huge, a huge, huge amount of my childhood trauma and my later PTSD. And I, the only people who knew about it previously were um, one therapist that I had seen when I was in treatment for PTSD after I was in a a really serious um, car accident. Um, And then uh, my husband, are the only two people who knew. And I had only told him about the ironically about two weeks before. And in my heart, I told myself that I was hiding it to protect my mother. But when my brother died, it all came tumbling out. I I stayed, I had my retreat, like I said, I do it for a week. And that was at the, the fourth night of my retreat. And I showed up at the retreat. I, you know, kind of bounced back and forth all day about whether I was going to continue it or reschedule it. Of course, everyone would understand your brother died. You can cancel or whatever, but I didn't, I showed up. I had that talk with myself and I, I used it as an, as an opportunity to examine my values and examine my commitment to them and really look at myself in the mirror and, and, and say, are you really, truly who you say you are? Are you really that person who uses all the ugly things that have happened to move yourself forward? Are you really the person who has truly forgiven and accepts and has compassion and, 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 and I am very, pleased to tell you that in fact I am that person that I say I am and I did use all of it to move myself forward and without it I would not be in the position that I am to help every other woman on the planet that is going through something similar and holy moly what a gift that is And the gifts of his death have revealed themselves so many times. It was untimely. He was only 50 years old, but, um, and we weren't expecting it. It was sudden. He had a pulmonary embolism, but holy moly, I was here for my 82 year old mother where I would not have otherwise been, you know, so I, that's what I was talking about. Divine timing before I love divine timing. Um, There were so many little messages and so many little gifts in his death. And when I went to his apartment, um, I think maybe the day after or two days after he he passed, he, I, I call myself the sole survivor of my family because my father's level of alcoholic dysfunction and, you know, the generational dysfunction poured over all of us. And my two older brothers both happened to pass away. Um, at 58 years old, two years apart. And they, like my father, never forgave themselves their mistakes and tortured themselves until they died. And when I went into his apartment, he had been estranged from his wife for many years. And the evidence of his level of despair and misery and self hatred was everywhere. And I never felt so much compassion for anyone in my entire life. And everyone's like, oh, you should hate him. You should be glad he's, he's gone and whatever. 
I, that's not how I feel. I forgave him years ago. He obviously right. was tortured because nobody who isn't tortured does that to somebody else. Yes. Yes. So anyway, yeah, that's, you know, that's really where I come to from the, and I've been the blessings and the bruises and the gifts and the grief. That has been a, a phrase of mine for a very long time. Um, and that's, like I say, you know, it's just one example that very, it's, it's very funny because that happened to be the day of the retreat. That was, you know, that was that the topic of that day. And that was the day he died. And it was like, I just divine timing is just Yes. Uh, if you recognize it, if you look for it, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Yes. Yes. Well, first of all, condolences to you and your family on Thank the loss you. of your brother. Thank and you. how is your mother? She is okay. You know, it, she is okay. I do not have human children myself. So I cannot imagine what she's going through. I yeah. can't imagine. I I do. I have children, but I, recently I had, I have a ninety-year-old uncle, and his wife is sixty. Well, her birthday is coming up. She'll be sixty-three, and they she lost her oldest daughter, mm. and it just tore apart. It it, yeah. it really, and she's usually a very strong woman, but I saw her literally just crumble before yeah. me, and and it's still a process for her. She's doing better. But to lose a child, because that's not the natural order. So to not lose a all. child is not devastating. I, I I wouldn't want to imagine it, but I don't know how it would handle that. And I am a person of faith, but I, I really honestly, because I'm an open book as well. I'm a very honest person. I don't know how I would handle that if one of my children left before I did. Yeah. I yeah. yeah. Like I say, I can't imagine how she, I, I, I she, real steel magnolias down here man i've got to tell you we're at atlanta born and bred and it's the real deal yes 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 well i would definitely keep her and you all in my prayers thank you so much oh no problem at all so what all do you offer in the area of your brand of coaching um per se so, what, what all do you do so I do a couple of things. Um, obviously, I offer coaching, you know, for this, yeah. this problem. That's how I make my living. Um, and I do, I, it's a hybrid program where it combines group coaching with one-on-one um, -on -one coaching. So they, so they come to two group sessions a week. And then they get one one-on-one um, -on -one session every couple of weeks to kind of laser focus on their specific things that they're struggling with. Um, and I love that program because it allows me to really serve more people. And it builds in, this is a situation, you know, this is a problem where people tend to feel very isolated and alone. And sometimes, you know, having that backup, having that community of support yes. is so crucial. Having that 24-7 access to somebody who goes, I get you. I feel you. You are not alone. You're okay. Um, so, yeah, I love that. I love that. I do. So that's called Packing Light, the Total Transformation. 
Um, I take super, super, like each cohort is just like six people, super, super small. Um, I put, as you can see, a lot of myself and my energy into it. And I want to be able to make sure that people are really getting what they need from the program. Um, the other thing that I do that's kind of sort of in conjunction with that, but really it's its own independent thing, is I also have um, a free just community support called Packing Light on Mighty Networks. Um, and then my real passion project um, that I just really love is it, it's called, I always think the reason that I got into this is I have a people before clients approach. You know, I want to help people as many people as I possibly can. Yes. But I also still, of course, like the rest of us have, you know, they, the electricity company, you know, wants their yeah, money and yeah, my, yeah. my car payment and insurance and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, so they all, you know, yes, I do also need to make a living. But right. I also truly am after trying to just give as many women as I possibly can a hope that there is re that recovery from this is possible, that you actually truly can do it. And it's not from a diet that you can do it. You can get your mindset right and heal this problem. Um, so that's one thing is I want to give people hope that they can do it. And then the other thing is I want to give them some tools to do it. So mm -hmm. several times a year, usually four, six times a year, I run, um, what's called imagine retreats and those are completely free. It's basically my whole program, or at least the concepts of my program. Obviously I can't put every single tool and strategy I use, um, into a week. But it's right. um, one hour a day. It's virtual. It's all on Zoom. Um, so they come for a week. We work on um, acceptance. Um, you know, the past is doesn't exist anymore other than in the story that you're telling yourself in your mind. Um, so acceptance of what we can't change. Unloading the excess baggage, which is the attachment to the stories, the traumas, the events, the mistakes, all of that stuff. Um, I call it, you know, what's in your carry on. I think of everything kind of like a journey. Um, getting some tool, real tools and strategies that you can rapidly transform your mindset out of that destructive thought lo loop interrupt those, I call it unloading the triggers, unload those things that trigger you to hide or avoid or soothe or destructively numb whatever icky emotion is, is coming up for you. And then the last thing is really developing your own trust in yourself, trusting your gut and developing your eating intuition, really wanting to feed your body in all ways, not just the food, but whatever information you put into it, whatever you allow into your body, you know, whether it's the people you hang out with, the information, the social media, the food, the beverage, the whatever comes in, intuitively knowing the things that are good for you and, and letting those things in most of the time. So that's really the crux of the retreat. Like I say, I try to give everybody the tools for free to implement on their own. And then my, my feeling is that by giving a ton of coaching, a ton of support, a ton of value 
away to as many people as possible, my, my right clients are going to find me. So yeah. that's kind of how I feel about it. Then I also, of course, do um, speaking engagements for motivational speaking and things like that. Um, and I do have some in-person retreats planned with some other people as well coming up. Wow, that is amazing that just helping, just wanting to help people get to just simply putting it, getting to a good place, yeah, getting absolutely. to a place of, of being okay with not liking what happened to you. Of course, you're not going to like it, you know, what you're going through, but to be able to accept it and to be okay and to that hinder any progression that you can get in your life to continue to absolutely. grow and not be stunted. That's that's just wonderful. I, I want to backtrack for a minute because I, I really want to know how do you make the connection with your clients between seeing the blessings and the bruises and the gifts in grief? How, I know it probably is on an individual basis, but is it a, a general protocol? How do you get that person to connect to see that even though whatever they went through, you have to see the, the the good side of it. Not that it was good, but you have to see it in order for you to go forward. How, how do you make that connection with them too? So I do a lot of different um, techniques and methods to get people to move through the emotions connected around this stuff. Um, and to really, uh, again, change your relationship with how you, with the relationship that you're in with the things that have happened. And so a lot of it is through journaling. This actually was an exercise I did with my group last night. And they really go through a little bit at a time. I mean, when you make a list of your five biggest whether they're losses, you know, deaths in your family or losses of relationships or a big, you know, a big failure, you started a business and it crashed or, you know, whatever, there's, there's all kinds of it, a trauma that happened in your life. I mean, for me, I can, the dots always connect backwards, you know, you can't see it when it's happening. But if you can make a list of just even five things, start with five things that you consider losses or mistakes or failures or, you know, soul bruises in your mm -hmm. life. And then without guilt or judgment, this is tricky for a lot of people because sometimes gifts come in material forms. Like yes. um, I was working with someone um, last week and it was hard for her to admit that she felt almost disloyal or that somehow th that it was wrong to enjoy this benefit. So she, her, she lost her mother at um, when she was, I think 26 or 27 and she's now 40 and unbeknownst to her when her mother was alive, her mother had a life insurance policy and because she passed and left that money to her, she was able to buy her first house. Mm. And then now she actually just purchased her second house recently. Mm. And how we made the connection, yes, she can see logically the connection to, yes, if my mother hadn't died, I wouldn't have the money and blah, 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 blah. But it's hard to 
to not accept it with guilt, some level of guilt. Oh, of course, you know, you would trade the money back in a second to have your mother back. Of course. But number one, that isn't up to you. Right. <laughs> that isn't something you get to control. So, you know, we're really taking power over the now. The only, all of the power, 100% of the power that we have, that we will ever have, is in the next decision, choice, or action that we make. And that's going to happen within the next five seconds. That is the exact amount of power that you have. All of it is right here because guess what we don't get to control jack other than that we get to control nothing so taking your power over that is one part of it that okay yes of course i would trade it but i can't so that's one part of it for her the other part of it is really getting in touch with what her mother would want for her. How would she want her experience to be with that money? And how should she best honor that? And guess what? I know her mother very well. This is somebody that I actually know in real life. And I was very close to her mother. And I can tell you, and I can tell her 100%, she would want you to enjoy every penny. She would want you to enjoy and love and laugh and every second of every minute of every hour of every day she would want nothing less and by doing that you honor her that's where your memory is is in honoring what she wants for you not your connection over to the what ifs because the what ifs are only going to drive you nuts yes Yes, wonderful, wonderful analogy. I love that. Um, and it's important that we, we, it's like, and it's an old homage, but still fitting today. You have to see the glass half full. You can't see it half empty because you're going to lose all perception of any positive. If you're like, oh, I don't have much, I only have half. Or you can say, I, it, you know, so it's, it's all in how you look at a situation and then move on how, look at it, looking at it differently. How can you progress from it? And then go ahead and make the progression. Go ahead and yeah. move forward. Yeah. And the truth that. is, um, it's, it changes your mindset. And when you, when you change your mindset, and you, this is something that every single person can do you can change you can literally i'm not you know i'm not making this up this is real life science you know you can literally reshape your brain to think a new way Mm. and to think of that glass half full and the cool thing is whatever your belief system is whatever you've trained your brain and we it's a process you can do it i promise you yeah. can anybody can do it um when you've trained your brain to to see everything through that filter of being grateful and seeing the gifts in everything 
the universe starts to reward you with more and more evidence. And it's either, it works either way. If you believe everything is crap, the universe will remind you, will give you, will support you with the evidence that everything is crap. But if you believe everything's happening for you, the universe will continue to support you. God will continue to support you with more and more evidence that everything is great. Wow. I love it. I love this, Jen. I really do. Me too. Um, so do you have anything upcoming? I know you mentioned you do the retreats. Four I times. do. I do. I have a retreat coming up in just a couple of weeks. The best thing for people to do is to just um, either um, email me um, or you can uh, certainly DM me on Clubhouse, on uh, Instagram, or um, that's, those are the two easiest places probably to get in touch with me. And then I'll just send you the link. If you go to my website, it'll be very easy to figure out how to get into the next retreat. There are pop-ups and stuff like that on the website. Um, so that's the, that's the first thing for people to do. The other thing is I do, um, I'm happy to talk with anyone. You can book um, a consultation, a free call, a half an hour call. And I would be happy to talk with you and give you some little tips and tricks. It's not, you know, me trying to sell you a program. It's a real coaching call. Um, so I'd love to do that for anyone who's interested. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes. And, and, and I'll be emailing you. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. I look forward to hearing from you. I'm always into you. You never can get too much information. You never can get too much empowerment. Absolutely. No one knows everything. So as much information as you can absorb to better yourself, to get to that higher place of wherever your higher place is, that's what we need to do. So I'm always looking to enlarge the brain that's in people. And I said, that's because of information. I have a lot of knowledge okay. in there and I'm steadily growing and, and increasing and I never want to stop that I don't care if the Lord causes me to be here a hundred years I still want to be able to read and get information in so this, this is just awesome wonderful um, and I'm going to have all your links to when I do the blast for this podcast so people will be able to just click on and connect with you and I have your email information there as well so I have really enjoyed this interview. Do you have any final words or anything that you would like to say to our listeners before we end? I just had an absolute wonderful time talking with you today. Um, this is, as you probably could can hear, I am very passionate about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I am pas super passionate about women being okay in their bodies and be, being okay, giving up the idea of a body that they were ge never genetically going to be capable of anyway. And yeah. a diet and exercise plan is not the way to fix internal problems. Your mm. weight is not the problem. Your weight might be a symptom of a lot of problems, but your weight is not a problem to be solved. So um, that's, you know, it's never too late. I was 47 by the time I got myself together enough to be able to make a physical transformation. I ended up losing almost 200 pounds. Um, 
in about 17 months, which isn't necessarily typical of everyone. Um, I don't, you know, I don't tout my, my coaching as a weight loss coaching. Um, most people do lose weight when they get themselves, you know, in a better place where they want to take care of themselves, but it's really about being well, taking care of yourself, being okay where you are right now and knowing how to rapidly transform your mindset and take that radical responsibility for the creating, creating the results that you want. You're doing it all the time anyway. So you might as well do it consciously. Wow. And I, I will add to that, that that's one of the reasons for yo-yo dieting because Absolutely. we're trying to flip-flop between Instead of focusing on us, we're focusing on if I don't eat this food, I will lose this weight, right. which is true, but that's not the underlying issue. Right. So when we focus on the underlying issue, we won't have to focus on a diet. But when we focus on the, I just got to stop eating this and eating that, we're going to lose some weight, but then we're going to go right back to those same behaviors because we haven't addressed the underlying issue. Right. So I am so grateful for you. I've enjoyed our conversation. Oh and 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 at some point, I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot for next year. I want to try to get you back on because it's, it's, I've gotten, I was getting questions from each thing that you were saying. I was like, we don't want to be on here for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed, and I know our listeners usually reach out to people that I interview, and, and that's the purpose. It's not just for me to have people on the podcast, but for the person on the podcast to benefit as well. So well, this is my absolute pleasure. Yes, yes. So if um we're going to end for this session, if you like to email me, please send me an email at a woman's soul restored at gmail com. The website is www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net. And the podcast Facebook page is A Woman's Soul Restored. So we thank you, Jen, once again for bringing your insight and information and congratulations on your transformational journey. And as you continue to help others, we pray blessings upon you and everything your hands touch. May it prosper. Thank you so much. Same to you. You're welcome. So for Woman's Soul Restored, this is Latanya Hendry ending with Jen and you all have a wonderful week. Be blessed.